Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, we're diving deep into the second half of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They showed some light. How far can that light take them on top of some Tomlin Tuesday takeaways as always and some Antonio Brown drama that I don't want to talk about. I think we're all kind of tired of talking about Antonio Brown, but maybe this is the final bullet that he bites before it's all over. It's snowing outside. That does not make me happy. It's November way too early for snow, but how are you feeling my friend? Feeling good. Um, not particularly a fan of this snow either. As someone who, every time I go into the Steelers facility or when I go to cover pit or whatever, I have to either walk or bike to the facility. So snow is not my best friend. Snow and rain, precipitation of any kind, really not. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It didn't start really snowing until after I got home today, so can't really complain. No, it's uh, it looks bad right now. I haven't I haven't left the office in a minute. But it uh, it looks like it looks like it's definitely starting to pick up to the point where it's at least covering some of the yard that I can see. Mm-hmm. I hate snow. Like I like snow like the first time, but it like if it snowed for the first time on Christmas Eve as I was walking to my car at like three in the morning after the Raiders game, a Steelers victory, I'd be so excited. I'd be like, wow, this is perfect. Any other time, <laughs> no, I don't want mm-hmm. any snow. I don't even want to think about snow. It just it just makes me so angry. So snow's nice, especially in Pittsburgh. To, yeah, snow's nice when you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. But we have to go somewhere all the time. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like we yeah. never knock it to go anywhere. When was like mm-hmm. when was the last time you didn't go somewhere in a whole day? Yeah, exactly. Like that's uh, <laughs> it's like never. it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Yeah. I couldn't. It's been months, months mm-hmm. since I've stayed in my home for an entire day. It just. Mm-hmm. Nah, I can't even, I don't even know what that's like. So we have yeah. to, and it's snowing and I'm going to, I bet you I get a phone call in an hour. Hey, will you come pick me up from work? Because it's snowing everywhere. and People in Pittsburgh don't know how to drive. People everywhere don't know how to drive the first snowfall. So I, I got to go navigate through the torture and then I got to go to the gym. It's just, ah, just, it makes me mad. But anyways, <laughs> what will make me laugh and smile once again is I, I, this is my favorite clip possibly of all time i get a lot of stuff especially from you know caboli mark caboli busts me all the time about how i trimmed kenny pickett getting mad at a reporter after a game one time and i put it on youtube this tops the cake it took me zero seconds to trim this and put this on youtube because i knew everybody needed to see this i knew everybody needed to see this this is how mike tomlin's press conference started today and i i I don't know who who asked this. I've asked around. They didn't know who the guy was in the room. I don't really know even what else to say. Just this is this Ooh, is how this. Started. I think I know. What, I think I know what this is. Coach, you mentioned the Bengals' ability to bring pressure, especially on the pass rush. Your Achilles' heels has been the uh, pass blocking on Kenny can cost multiple sacks over the last couple of weeks. Thank you for being so descriptive of that. Yeah, we're getting the hell beat out of them. Is it possible to correct technique on pass blocking throughout in the middle of the season? Certainly. Okay. 
we're, we're continually sharpening our sword and developing skills relative to our positions at all positions, um, whether it's the collective or whether it's individual people that have things that creep up in their game. That's why we work every day. Um, the skill development component uh, of, of practice is a, a significant one. Um, that's why we don't go straight to group work, um, even at this juncture of the season. Um, the, the skill development is significant. Run game's been very productive the last two weeks, and it seems like each week everybody gives, keeps giving more and more credit to the. Uh, so before we keep going, it gets better. Okay, so it gets better. Here we go. Productive the last two weeks, and it seems like each week everybody gives, keeps giving more and more credit to the offensive line. How have you seen them evolve as we've gone forward? Well, I'm gonna keep dumping on them like my buddy back there. You know, you know, we just we just gonna keep our head down and keep working. Oh, I loved every second of it. First off, look at me and you both went to school for journalism. I've sat through a lot of classes about people telling me how and how not to interact for the rest of my life. Never in any class that I've ever taken, taken as somebody said, yeah, you should definitely address the head coach of a football team and saying, yeah, that guy's getting the hell beat out of him. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. This guy will never be back. So we could say whatever we want. But that was uh, it made me laugh. Made me laugh so hard. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't think he was completely off base. Like, Kenny's taking some hits this year, but man, what a way to phrase that! What a way to, what phrase, a that. Way to phrase that! It was, well, and, like, and again, like, yeah, he's not even wrong. It's just, but he's just so aggressive with it. Right. Just right from the jump, everybody knows. So everybody knows you've been to a Tuesday. You've been to 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 a lot of Steelers things. Jerry Dulac asks the first question. That's just what that's just what happens. You know, you all just sit there and you just you let Jerry get the first one out of the way and then you go from there. This guy was just like, oh, hell no, my man. This you can tell he's I, never been there before. Ever. You know, I, I I respect that a little bit, like a little bit of. You know, I don't care who you are. like, you know, I like the, the Jerry thing is definitely a seniority thing. Like, I, I know, I know yeah. how that works, but like. I, I respect it a little bit. This guy having the confidence to come in and say, no, this is, this is my press conference. I'm asking the questions. I, yeah, that's, yeah. But the way a, he asked his question, yeah, I think was yeah. uh, the execution. Uh, maybe uh, could have been aggressive, aggressive. And it could have been like, he could have all like the first part of it's whatever, you know, like even being calling him at the, the Achilles heel for two things. One, like it's not the offensive line's fault. Totally. Like, Kenny's definitely taken some heat this season, no doubt. But Kenny holds the ball a very long time, a lot of the time, and oh, runs yeah. himself into bad pockets quite a bit, you know, which is fine because he's a rookie quarterback and he has no idea what's going on around him. There's a million things moving way faster than he could process any of it. That's okay. But like nobody's been sitting around all season going, man, they are getting him killed back there. Like now against Philly, that was the, the, yeah. Thought. So to come in here and be like, hey, the worst part of your offense is your offensive line. I'd be like, all right, that's a little aggressive because. Yeah, that seems like a talking that. point. That's kind of sorry. I cut you off, but that's a yeah. little that seems like a, a talking point that's stuck in training camp, you know, stuck in August. Yeah. Like it. I, I don't know one person who I haven't who I've talked to who hasn't been like, yeah, I expected this offensive line to be horrendous and they have not been horrendous. Like they've been they've been pretty good like th through the season, like for all the. The offensive line is way, way, way down. Like my list of concerns. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's been way better. It's been so good that like when people address it to me, I kind of ignore it, and I'm just like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to answer the question because you aren't watching it closely enough to realize 
that they're actually playing well. Like they're not yeah. great. They're not perfect. They're not a top five offensive line, but like there are a lot worse issues on the Pittsburgh Steelers right now than their offensive line to call them the Achilles heel, the Achilles heel. That guy was from Latrobe, I believe. Well, also, so. I, I love, I love the use of that phrase Achilles heel because just, you know, Achilles implies the strong, you know, like, you know, invincible object is being yep. undone by this one tiny little flaw. And that is not the Pittsburgh Steelers in the slightest. Like that nah. is, that, that's just a funny phrase to use in that. Like, yeah. like, Oh yeah. This the was one last thing, year. The one thing holding the Steelers back has been, has been the offensive line play this year. <laughs> I know. And you don't even think about that in the moment. Like that doesn't even, but like, yeah, to break it down that simply is just, like it's yeah. so you're telling me that that's worse than TJ Watt going down or Minka Fitzpatrick's a last second appendix bursting or, you know, switching quarterbacks in week four, the worst offensive coordinator in football, your star running back, not being able to do anything whatsoever. Your, you know, drop issues, George Pickens being non-existent. You're telling me all those things. It comes down to the offensive line. Like Kenny Pickett get hit what five yeah. times, I think in his, right. in his career. Mm. Uh, it was a bad question. It was a good one though. I was, uh, I was very excited to share that one with the world because it's just, you know, sometimes, sometimes good journalists just gets tossed to the wayside. You know, you think you don't get to highlight these moments from the random guy that shows up on a Tuesday. Um, it was a great, it was a great Tuesday to be there too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish everybody was there so that they well, could. Well, I, I thought you were going to show the, I, I saw someone ask if uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to become the new Taysom oh, Hill. Oh, the Taysom Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, that's because he was being Taysom Hill last year. Did you see that? So in my, I yeah. just did a live Q and A, and somebody brought up some blog that has been pretty much just lying all over the internet. Like, just re- it, it's bad actually. And I've advised mm-hmm. them not to go there anymore. But mm-hmm. uh, like Mitch was Taysom Hill last week, so now it's going to be stuck in everybody's head. Well, should so, they run so two has, quarterback sets? He's a week's experience with it. Why not? You know. Um, no, I thought that was, but I loved, I loved Tomlin's answer because he was like, well, because we have Pat Fryermuth and why we don't need to Taysom Hill. Like they have a Taysom Hill because yeah, because they don't have a tight end. We have a tight end. We have two of them, three of them actually that are very capable instead of the guy Mm -hmm. that we're going to toss in there with one week's practice to go Mm -hmm. play tight end. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, but I don't think that was like a, you know, necessary serious question. I think at that point it was, uh, it was uh, almost along the lines of Minka Fitzpatrick just being a grumpy <laughs> human being, which we've all come to learn, I guess, in the last 48 hours. Mm-hmm. All right. There are a couple of takeaways from Tomlin Tuesday. Obviously, um, the injuries are big ones. Najee Harris has some knee discomfort. He's still likely to play, but something to monitor throughout the w- week. Excuse me. Kevin Dotson has a hip injury. Uh, his participation will be the Steelers guide that usually doesn't leave the door super open for them to play on Sunday, but we'll see what happened. Uh, and then Matthew Wright will kick against the Bengals. He's stuck with the Steelers for at least three weeks. He, Tomlin, Tomlin blamed it on. I went back and listened to Tomlin after the game and he blamed it on all of specialty. He's like, the protection wasn't good. The operation wasn't good. So I don't know. I haven't gone back and watched each individual t- kick close enough to see if it was Matthew Wright, but They looked bad. Either way, he will be kicking. Um, We'll start with the injuries. Dotson, uh, the door is open for him not to play. J.C. Hassenauer would probably start in his place. 
huge blow, bad blow, not really a big deal. If he isn't to go, he has been pretty much the uh, him and Dan Moore have been arguably the worst offensive line players this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, Don out of game, particularly against the Saints, there were a couple of penalties that I thought were pretty bad. I don't know. Um, but yeah, he was, it, it was not very good, but I just don't know what, like, has an hour is not going to be in the upgrade. No. Probably be there right now. Um, so, that's not good. Well, especially for this offensive line that I know getting Kenny Pickett lit up um, or well, whatever. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's not good. Um, especially just given how they were running the ball last week. Like that's a, that'd be a tough kind of blow to suffer. Um, and just that, that feels oh, like yeah. it could kind of kill some momentum. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little nervous. You never want to ruin the cohesion there, but I think that if any of them was to go down right now, Dotson would be the one that's, easiest to replace you know Hassenauer is not an upgrade but I don't think he's like a major downgrade either Mm -hmm. he does just fine when he's out there I guess he's also been here long enough has some starting experience he's like the BJ Finney Mm 2.0 I guess maybe not as reliable but the offensive line was way better back then as well um the offensive line now is kind of like a it's just basically like a, a Walmart version of what the offensive line was like seven years ago so he's the he's the new BJ Finney um I think it'll be fine. I honestly think that this could be a week to sit Dotson and see if that kind of helps him because he has been on a downward spiral. I think the last two or three weeks, just missing blocks penalties have been bad. I haven't been particularly impressed with him at all. Maybe just getting a rest game. You know what I mean? To recuperate reset and kind of just watch from the sideline and see what's going on and then come back out there next week. Because I think he is like, he's not the guy that they were expecting him to be this season. Uh, it's and it's it's a contract year pretty much for him because if he doesn't play well for the second half, you could replace him next season and then it's pretty much over. Um, the other one, Najee Harris, expect him to play, but do you think that this is a, a window open for an even bigger role for Jalen Warren against the Bengals? Yep, maybe. Um, uh, look, if there's one thing that I think has been very clear, like Najee's going to play through pain pain and discomfort even an injury um and the Steelers are going to let him play through pain and discomfort and an injury um so I I don't really know how much bigger of a role it'll open up for Jalen Warren but you know maybe um but I don't think it'll be that significant unless Najee goes down during the game I don't know how you feel about that yeah I I think that you could see Jalen take a couple more reps on Sunday if Najee doesn't practice at all because Najee is one of those guys that doesn't have to practice and could play on Sunday, it, I don't think it'll be significant though. Like Najee's still going to be the guy, and if he's continuing to roll like he's been rolling, he'll remain the guy. That being said, they don't want to wear and tear him down come the playoffs. So if they're winning or if Jalen Warren's doing something positive, I could see him kind of just like taking over in the second half and just rolling with him as long as possible to kind of keep Najee on the sideline. So I think it's a door open. Certainly, nothing super serious but something to watch you know i could see it i could see it being a momentum thing and if jalen comes out here starts balling you know you might as well just keep him on the field and not in like a gonna replace Najee way in just oh, yeah. a for this game type of situation so that Najee doesn't take more of a blow and you know you're not missing a step because jalen's on the field yeah and it's sort of like a it's adjacent to the dot but it's you you can rest Najee and still feel you can rest your starter and still feel good about your 
to feel good about not losing a t- putting back up and then if it keeps someone healthy or you know makes whatever uh injury they have or any pain they have you know, that that's that's not a bad thing um no. so I, I think yeah but like you said I, I think any any kind of limitations on Najee would be more precautionary than anything else yeah certainly and then the biggest news that comes out of Tomlin Tuesday is Minka Fitzpatrick already back running as of today from his appendix appendectomy I've had the hardest time saying that word um on Saturday Tomlin said that he's somewhat optimistic that he'll play on Sunday that's a one week return from surgery it took Ben 14 days when he had appendix surgery back in 2006 2005 I think Uh, he missed 14 days do you expect make it a play that's probably an impossible question to ask is it whether or not he'll play but I think the bigger question is do, like just knowing what you know about Minka Fitzpatrick, do you look at this and say, yeah, there's probably is like a likely chance he'll come back mm-hmm. on Sunday. Well, like you said, we know he's, he's grumpy sitting on the sidelines, um, not oh, playing. Yeah. So, so I know grumpy. he's going to be, he's going to be lobbying to, to get back in there. Um, again, this is, this is something the Steelers are going to struggle with for the rest of the year. Like, is it worth throwing him back at? Like, I don't. Can you re? Can you reactivate uh, an appendicitis or something? Like, if he goes out there and well, don't it, you like, just get something... it removed? Don't you get your appendix removed if it bursts? Never, never had it removed, so I don't know. I, I think you, you get it removed. Mind. I'm almost positive you get it removed. So you mm. would, but like you just had surgery, right? Uh, you, you just, just had like, your, your body just opened open. up. Yeah, you just had your body opened up. I, so like, are we gonna like? Is Minka gonna play? And like, we're gonna see. No, they're at home. I was gonna say if it was the white jersey, you'd see like blood seeping oh, through his yeah. jersey or whatever. No, like I, I don't know. I that I, it this feels unlikely. Like I don't know coming back after a week like that. I don't know. That seems dicey, especially with a guy of this like importance. Like you, you can't play around with Minka. So, according to right? WebMD, you. Oh, yeah can get up and move around within 12 hours after surgery. Minka was at the at the football game in the freezing cold less than 24 hours later. You should be able to go back to your normal routine within two to three weeks. If you have a lap, laparos, lap, I don't know, some word that starts with an L, recovery is faster. I would imagine they went with whatever's the fastest recovery time here. Mm maybe a week i don't know i if minko returns to practice on like thursday and he's out there to some degree i mean i'm shocked first of all it's it's a little nerve-wracking i don't know what the damage could be there but definitely a little nerve-wracking would i count it out no gosh gosh no not knowing minko yeah things like do you need him like i know like you yeah need exactly him, do like- you need like with KZ back and like considering how well you played last week, I know Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are a little bit better than uh Chris Olave and Andy Dalton, but like still I, I think they could survive just fine without him, quite honestly. Like I think they I, will be just okay if he doesn't play. I think so too. I, I, I really do. I could see him dressing somewhat of a Miles Ga- or a Miles Jack situation where he's mm-hmm. there just in case. But I don't know. I but again, like you know, come Friday, this could be a whole new situation where we're talking about how Minka is practicing and things are crazy, and you know, you would have never expected it. But the word optimistic is 
crazy. I mean, Mike Tomlin said he was re- it, the signs were really positive, really positive. Right. I don't understand right. what could be really positive four days after surgery. But again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't yeah. I don't know. Especially from a guy who I don't, will... I don't have any idea. Yeah, especially that that coming from a guy who would like, I don't know, rather, I don't know. He he does not want to give you any injury updates. Like he did not want to give you any. Mike Tomlin does not want to give you any insight no. into the health of his team. So for him to be that definitive this early in the process is pretty pretty notable. Yeah, it's to me is just it was so strange, caught me off guard. But maybe you know we're gonna. I'm not gonna shut it down. I don't think any of us could shut it down. So it really leaves the question of how good can this team be if he does play, and if the Steelers do finally, for the first time all season, have a healthy team with an offense that's actually clicking. And I think Cincinnati's the perfect test. We're gonna dive into all that plus a little bit of AB drama. But first, a word from our boys over at Manscaped. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or the friend in your pants, you can make this season a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have people thinking all I want for Christmas is you Santa cares about his sack. And so should you look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and using our code Steelers 20 for free shipping and 20% off the manscaped platinum package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time for mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has each product from the best-selling Performance Package plus Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, and Ultra Premium Deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's a 4,000K LED light on it, so you can light the way just like Rudolph. Now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package's shower products. All of Manscaped's shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. But smelling good doesn't stop at the shower. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve stank problems all day long. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And for the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new body buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and is a lot cleaner than that old loofah. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And all you have to do is use our code STEALERS20. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. So the Steelers return home again, back-to-back games. It got moved up from primetime, a blessing to everybody who has to cover that game. Cincinnati's coming to town. No Jamar Chase. I get that they got smoked by Cleveland last week. It is what it is. I think that's a fluke game. I look at this as a test to see how good the Pittsburgh Steelers are heading into the second half of the season because New Orleans was an easy win. 
And even then, you know, 20 to 10 is impressive, but it's not super impressive if you're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. The real question, I think, is if you get T- you have TJ Watt back, if you get Minka back, you saw what DeMonte KZ can do. You have a quarterback that isn't turning the ball over, a running back that's actually working, and wide receivers that are running across the middle of the field and catching footballs. How big of a test is this in your eyes? And how good can the Pittsburgh Steelers really be if they come out here and show everybody that they could beat Cincinnati? You're muted. Okay, never mind. My bad. Um, yeah, it's a huge test. Uh, it's you're facing just an uber talented team, especially on offense. Um, it's going to test your defense a lot, but it's it's also a team that's been up and down, a team that's been inconsistent, a team that hasn't exactly realized their full potential. So I think it is both a winnable game and a um and a good test. You know, it's kind of like. The Saints were winnable, but they were not a, a, a real good test of like where the Steelers are at right now. Um, this is a team that's that's really competing for for something bigger um, and is in position to like make the playoffs and 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 things of that nature. So, um, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a big test, and I think one that they can that they're certainly capable of of passing if for no other reason than they've already done it. Like they. We saw them do this week one. Um, obviously, it's been a long time since things are things are very different. But I don't know. I, I I feel like the Steelers team is better than the one that showed up in Cincinnati on week one. Yeah, me too. I think the Cincinnati team is also better as well, though. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that this is just another defensive like show out where since he just can't beat the Steelers defense, or do you look at this game as one where maybe the whole team can? can actually win this because in week one it was the defense yeah that pulled out a victory yeah i don't i don't know about you but the steelers better hope that this isn't a shootout or anything like that they better yeah. hope that they can be able to, to keep pace with the with the bang with the um that the defense can kind of hold up the hold up their end of the bargain because i don't know like even against like you said even against the saints they put up 20 points you know mm-hmm. like spangles seems better than that like if you put up 20 points that's probably a win um, yeah do you see do you see a situation like like 20 exactly they put up 20 points which was an impressive game for them right and they they were in control of that game like yeah. they I they did everything they're supposed to but 20 points is 20 points yeah but can you that's what i mean can you like how many games can you win the rest of the season banking on your defense to hold a team to under 20 points because that's the line like you talk you talk to any defensive player and they say if we hold them to 20 we'll win well if you hold them to 19 you win but can you rely on your defense to hold a team to less than 20 points all season long and then somehow find a ways ways to win no but they don't have to do it all season long. They have to do it for one game like we're you know I think they can do it for one game it's not something I would bet on them doing throughout the entirety of a season, but you know, they have all the pieces in the secondary. I think even without Minka, like KZ is a great replacement to have the, the, like, it's such a luxury to have Demonte KZ back, oh, you yeah. know, especially given all the kind of rotating door that's, or the revolving door that's uh, been the Steelers secondary this year. Um, like that's such a huge blessing. And with Watt back, they're going to make Burroughs life. Hell that offensive line is not any better than it was last year when it was, you know, threatening to to get Joe Burrow beat up, like, um, you know, sure. the 
I think all the pieces are there for them to to really to to make that happen. Um, you know, would I bet on it? Like, would I put my own money out of it? I don't. I don't know. But it's certainly possible. Like, it's not out of. It's not something the Steelers are incapable of. No, I think they're fully capable of doing it. And if you ask me to one game scale, can they do it? I'd say yes. But I, I think they're looking for bigger picture. Like, is that something you could build off of? Can you hold teams to under 20 points in two weeks and score 20 and say like 23 points this week and feel like, okay, well, you know, next week it should be 28 and then the next week it'll be 35. Is this team even capable of that? Or is it strictly a keep them under 20 points who win type of team? Um, I think, you, well, I mean, you have to expect some progress from the offense, but uh, like this is just who their team is, like whether or not yeah. you think they can do it. Like if they want to win games, they have to do it. Um, like it's a good point. Is there is there another way for them to win games this year? No, no, there is not. There's not. You can't rely on it. You can't even rely on a kicker. If you came down to if Cincinnati came down to a field goal at the end of the game, they're throwing the football. Right. Like if that if, if Cincinnati was played today and it was 20 to 20 with seven seconds left and you're on the 30 yard line, you're throwing the football, most likely, mm -hmm. because you can't trust Matthew Wright as of this point. So no, I agree with you. That's a good point. You know, like it is who they are. You got to deal with that and you got to keep it moving. I don't know. Like, I wish I had an answer to kind of say like, oh, well, they could progress off of this. They could get better here. They could get better there. I think honestly, if we're being 100% honest, the best thing they could do this season is find the running game, protect the running game and win games 20 to 10, where the time of possession is so lopsided that the other team doesn't even have an opportunity to score 25 points because they only have the ball for like 20 minutes a game, 30 minutes a game, and then you keep the defense fresh. I think that's the best opportunity for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But even then, we've only seen a one-game sample size of that working. So you're right. We only do get one opportunity. I, I don't know. But this game, if I was going this game, one-game sample size, I'd say yes. I'd put my money on them being able to hold Cincy just like they did New Orleans. Yeah. All right. Final thing I want to talk about. And I hate talking about Antonio Brown. Like I dread it these days, especially now that we've talked about Tom Brady twice on this podcast in two weeks. That's too many times. People are going to get upset. I just, I just, there's nothing about Antonio Brown that excites me or makes me feel good about a person anymore, but he went off again. And I think we got to talk about it. So this is, this is what he, I don't know where he tweeted or did whatever to this. Um, but he, he was on he, Instagram. It was on Instagram. So he, he, put out this text message oh, no, from wait, Tom Snapchat, Brady. Sorry. sorry, that's Snapchat. Oh, that's Snapchat. Completely irrelevant Snapchat. Um, from Tom Brady a year, a year and a half ago. Like it's not even anywhere near recent a year and a half ago. And I don't know if he's just trying to make Tom Brady look like an idiot or if he just hasn't gotten enough like attention in the last couple of days i couldn't tell you but this is what this says because i know it's tiny you are demonstrating this is from tom brady to antonio brown sent may 10th 2021 at just about one o'clock in the afternoon which is a respectable time to text somebody something like this instead of doing it at 11 o'clock at night you are demonstrating very poor decisions and poor communication to so many people who have gone above and beyond to help you. You act, you are acting selfish. And unfortunately, many of those people are exhausted by the erratic and unpredictable emotional behavior. When I met you, you were humble, willing to learn and anxious to improve things in your life. 
in a short period of time, you have done those things and accomplished some great things and very much on the path to success long term. Unfortunately, you have reverted very much back to a young, immature man that, I, that is selfish, self-serving, irrational, and irresponsible. I, for one, am disappointed in many behaviors over the past few months. You have seemed to have lost the humility and that APG. I don't know what that means. You have gone from hanging around good quality people to had that had genuine interest in seeing you succeed to seeing others who live whose lives are erratic and out of control and leading you down a negative path. So I don't, again, maybe he was just self-admitting because everything that Tom Brady says is spot on in this text message. But uh, this is just another one of Antonio Brown being Antonio Brown. And, you know, I'd hate to say this. I really, really hate to say this, but I agree with Tom Brady. I agree with Tom Brady. Yeah, that's that's big of you to admit. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, that little... That little caption that whoever tweeted that off to the side, I think, I think, kind of hit it the nail on the head. Like, it, it seems more likely to me that Antonio Brown was was trying to embarrass Tom Brady, make him look like a bad guy, um, and it was just the complete opposite. Um, yeah, you, like it takes a lot to make Tom Brady look like the good guy in personal relationships right That's now. What I'm and it, like, and the fact that Antonio Brown was able to pull it off is just like it, it's pretty magical, but. Yeah, just I, I and Brady, I think Brady hit the nail on the head too. Like, it's not like no one wanted Antonio Brown around. It's not like he's oh. getting denied opportunities. It is like nope. people keep gravitating towards these guys, and then he keeps pushing them away. Um, yep. Yeah, he enjoys going out the, with Kanye West. Right. He enjoys the the attention for a little bit, and then just you know, nothing's ever good enough for him. It's never. It's never never good enough for him you know um he yeah just and and you feel for the people around him too because there's some you know tom brady's tom brady but there are there are other people like bruce arians and um you know a lot of people in the bucks organization that that wanted that to work out just wanted ab to you know find a stable stable spot to be in and for for this to be a healthy relationship and a productive relationship for everyone and it, it just wasn't um just was not and, and it's a little sad to to kind of watch, uh, watch it's, that it's been sad time. for years to the point where like it's not sad to me anymore like at this point it's what i've been through with antonio brown and just the media to player aspect and and i am a very short story compared to the many i have heard it is exhausting it is mm-hmm. exhausting like to the point where like i've been very open that like this man has called me and like been very angry at me and you know how I have to like form relationship ships with his agents because they want to assure that I'm on good terms with him. And I'm just like, yeah, like it is what it is. Here's the question though, because right after that went out, he retweeted something. I'm going to read these off seven time pro bowler, five time, all pro four of them for first team, a 2020 super bowl champion, two time NFL receiving yards and receptions leader, a one-time NFL receiving touchdown leader, the 2010 NFL all-decade team, and the 2010s NFL AP yards leader with 14,319. I try to be as it's football, and I, I, you know, I think I hurt myself with an argument because when T.O. didn't get in the first time, I said that was ridiculous. 
I don't care what he did. He's the second greatest wide receiver of all time. Does Antonio Brown find himself in the Hall of Fame one day? That is the question. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think he screwed over too many people and been too much of a of an ass, quite frankly, to to the people that could have like vouched for him and and put him in position to be in in the hall. I do you think do you think he'll be in the hall? I don't know. I think it's how you look at it. Like if you look at it, like you have to take the person into into context when you decipher this. Then I don't think he gets in because he's just. I mean, like you could look at him like, oh, he screwed over a bunch of people. You could also look at him like there was a ra- like a sexual harassment or a sexual assault allegation against him that I don't know yeah. even ever got solved or all the people that he stole money from or the fact that he threw lawn furniture at a child and a grandfather, like, you know, or, or a million other things. He beat up a, a truck driver and, you know, he had the cops outside with his wife and he all those things, you know, just terrible, terrible, terrible things. And if you take all that into context, no, you know, he should not be in the Hall of Fame. But if you just look at it as the hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame should be just what you did as a pro football player, then like it's undeniable he should be in the Hall of Fame. But it's yeah. just a matter of do you take that into into play when you're deciding that? And I know these are people, so they're going to, you know, but like yeah. I try to tell myself sometimes, like, I don't know if you should or not. I think that's a really tough question. Yeah. And I get what you mean, like. I don't know. I don't want like we're not going to play dumb and be like, oh, every person who's gotten in the NFL Hall of Fame is a great person. Like, yeah, exactly. Sparkling record, but like all this stuff is beyond the pale. Like in in terms of the quantity, like the frequency and the like the scale of awfulness. Like quite frankly, it's true. It's a lot. It's a lot. True. So true. I, I I agree with that. You know, I think that when you break it down, some of the bigger things, like if you just screwed over Tom Brady and you know decided that he wasn't on the Raiders anymore. Like that would be totally fine. Wouldn't mm-hmm. even like the Steelers stuff, whatever it is what it is, yeah. but like, it's, it's the really serious stuff. So I agree with that. I think you, you look at that and then you go, Oh, that's, you know, do, you have to represent the NFL. You know, you are always representing the NFL. So, you know, if T- and if TO got nicked the first time and he did nothing compared to what AB has done, uh, then there's no, there's actually no chance that AB gets into the Hall of Fame. But I did. I have had that argument for years with myself about whether or not he deserves to be in it. And I fight with it because I just I find it so hard to pick a side on whether or not you're supposed to argue how bad of a person you can yeah. be and where that line is before you're like, all right, never mind. You're too bad of a person. Yeah. You might be the greatest wide receiver in the last decade, but yeah. But that Bad stuff gets person. messy and it's it's probably not a good I don't know. Trying to do this Olympics of, of suffering or Olympics of evilness thing is not yeah, it's not, not a work. fun you, conversation to have and it's just it's no, yeah, no, you can't like elect Tom Brady into the Hall of Fame the same year that you elect Antonio Brown and like yeah. expect that to be civil because then yeah. you're just sitting there going, All right, Tom Brady's gonna have this great speech about how great football was for him, blah blah blah. And then Antonio Brown's just gonna call out Tom Brady, and you know yeah. what I mean? Like and he's going to ruin the whole night. So I get that. I get that. I think that, you know, a PR standpoint, nobody's going to mm-hmm. nobody's going to vote for this guy to be yeah. in the Hall of Fame. I bet he never gets a vote if we're being honest. I would I, I would put money sure. on yeah, on him never getting a vote. Mm-hmm. But all right, I apologize that we had to talk a little AB, but sometimes he comes up. That being said, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much 
for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere you get your audio podcast. Check out mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. He'll be here tomorrow with the midweek, or yeah, tomorrow with the midweek report. I'll be here tomorrow with my Steelers to go Friday with Derek. Enjoy your snowy day in the Berg. Peace. (laughs) 